Welcome to the Pearl Church Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blesses you in a way that is inspiring, encouraging, and transformational. For more information about our church, please go to thepearlchurch.org. We hope you enjoy this message. Go ahead and turn your Bibles this morning uh, to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, and this morning I'm going to speak on the subject uh, of gratefulness changes everything. Gratefulness changes everything. So Father, this morning I thank you for your grace. I thank you that you're such a good God, and this morning we just, we attach ourselves to the faithfulness and the gratefulness um, of God. We are so grateful. If anything else, Jesus, at the end of the day, we are a grateful people. I pray you bless the word. I pray that you bless every church in the Denver metro area, all of our friends, all of our pastor friends this morning. I pray that you bless them, bless their families, their congregations, Jesus, and let the name of Jesus be lifted up across our city. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Amen. All right, so let's go to Colossians chapter 2 uh, just for a moment. I'm going to start in about verse 6, about verse 6, maybe verses 6 and 7, and it says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk with him. So in the next season, I'll be talking a little bit about the incarnation, not just the act of the incarnation, but what happens after the incarnation. The incarnation is God coming to earth, wrapping himself in, in the flesh of a man, uh, and then going to the cross and dying for our sins, raising uh, himself from the grave on the third day. Everyone said, thank you, Jesus. Come on. Raising himself from the dead. This is the incarnation. This is God coming to earth to be with us and pay the price for our sins. But what we have to remember is that the incarnation is not just a Christmas story, it is a Christian story. And it should not be preached just at Christmas time, but we should live it 365 days a year. God is walking with us. So in the Bible here it says, so walk in him. Anytime that you read, walk with him, walk in him, he's with you. I want you to be thinking about the incarnation. This is God with us, walking with us in life, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So one more time, therefore, as you have received Christ, walk with him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, according, oh, uh, um, abounding, excuse me, in thanksgiving. I want to talk this morning for a few minutes about what gratefulness truly is. Gratefulness is not just an emotion. Gratefulness is not something that comes out of our heart because somebody does something nice for us or they give us a nice gift and so we have to be um, obligatory gratefulness. I think that we, we have this obligatory thankfulness uh, around the holidays where when somebody gives you a gift or uh, you have to be grateful for it, like, and you are grateful for it, but I want you to think just, just for a minute, where does true gratefulness come from? True gratefulness, according to this verse, does not come because Jesus came and walked with you. Like, we're grateful that he did that, right? We're grateful that that happened. All right, so Jesus, I'm grateful for the work of God in my life. However, however, when it comes to why we are grateful, we should not be grateful just because somebody gave something to us. In other words, if you are blessed or you are favored and then you're grateful, uh, sometimes I think that we wait to be grateful until we're blessed. 
According to scripture, it says that we are supposed to be grateful. It's not just the result of what happens around us. Gratefulness is not the result of being blessed. It is the prerequisite to being blessed. Because a person who is not grateful will never understand favor. A person who is not grateful will never understand thanksgiving. You will, a person who is not grateful, doesn't understand gratefulness, will, even if they're sitting in the middle of their blessing, they won't experience the power of the blessing or the inheritance that the favor brings because they don't understand that, that it's, the, it's the gratefulness of God that puts everything into perspective. Gratefulness changes everything. It changes the way that you re relate to people. It changes to how you respond to circumstances. Great Gratefulness changes the way that you view everything that happens in your life. We're supposed to be grateful because of the internal work inside of us, and therefore, regardless of what happens out here, I'm still going to be grateful. So if my wife and I have an argument, or, or my kids and I have to have a hard discussion, or someone in the church wants to, wants to talk to me about something, or somebody cuts me off um, at Christmas time because I got my Christmas shopping anointing on right now. I'm going to the mall, but you don't go to the mall. You don't just go to the mall. You don't go to Park Meadows just to shop. You put on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 5 and 6, and you go to the mall, and if you cut me off, right, then I need to remember that I am a pastor, all right? And so regardless of what is happening on the outside of me, the inside of me keeps me balanced. I have this thing inside of me called gratefulness that trumps literally everything else or anything else that could happen to me. I will be grateful in the good times. I will be grateful in the bad times. I will be grateful when my relationships are good. I will be grateful when my relationships are strained. I will be grateful because it's not based on anything that you can do to me, anything that you can do for me, any attack you bring against me, anything that you put into my life. My gratefulness is based on the internal work of the the Lord Jesus Christ and it does not change it doesn't change and so it changes everything that I do experience so it's inside out that's where gratefulness comes from let me give you an example gratefulness uh, impacts a person in their good times when you have success it, see you see here, here's the thing about gratefulness gratefulness is not an emotion it is a position so we position ourselves in gratefulness so that we're ready for whatever comes our, our way. And we don't let anybody push us off of our, our, our gratefulness, right? So if, if I have a great victory in my life because I'm grateful, my victory does not open a door for me to take the glory. Because if I'm grateful, then I'm grateful to God for putting me here, and I'm grateful to all the people around me who got me to this place because nobody in this room got to where you are alone. But an ungrateful person uh, ultimately becomes a narcissistic person and everything around them gets pointed back at them. This is my victory, this is my glory. But a grateful person is always balanced and knows that because of Jesus, I can be grateful and I'm grateful to him and all the people around me, they all get to share in whatever success that you have. It also works in times of, of defeat or struggle. Because if you're, if you're in a position of gratefulness and you experience failure or defeat, you don't become a defeatist. 
If you experience failure, you don't become a martyr. I tell everybody about what's going on in my life, and everything is somebody else's fault, and everybody's got a problem, and if this was just what would happened to me, it all would have been great, and you'd like Eeyore, you know, you're Eeyore now. Well, you know, another storm just blew my house down, and you know, and oh, poor little Eeyore Christian, I'm so sorry for you, you know. And so, but if you're in a position of gratefulness, even though you are defeated, you don't become, you, you, even though you experience defeat, you don't become bitter at being defeated. A person who isn't grateful becomes bitter at being defeated. And bitterness sets in. I'm telling you that every person that I've ever met that is not grateful and does not understand gratefulness, those are bitter people. Because if something goes wrong, it's somebody's fault. What's the issue? I'm tired of them. Cut them off. I don't need them in my life. Forget them. Don't need that relationship. And isn't it interesting how gratefulness always revolves around a relationship or people? You, you, I'm grateful for my house or I'm grateful for my car. I'm so grateful you have a house. I'm grateful you have a car. But let's talk about the relationships in your life for a minute. Are you grateful for those? Well, those are rough. Those are difficult because we experience God. The incarnation, our incarnational love of God is experienced in the relationship with the people, not in the relationship with the car. And so if, if I'm defeated, I don't get bitter. And bitterness always gets taken out on a person, not on a vehicle. An ungrateful person will become bitter. Bitterness is always paved with the stones of ungratefulness. I'm telling you. Listen to me now. I have been, I, I have a little bit of Paul in me in that. I, I love what Paul wrote. I, and I, I wish I could get every person here to just get into the scripture, into the epistles, and read the life of Paul. He's grateful for everything. I, did, I don't know if you were here last week, but last week I talked about how Paul was the guy running around trying to kill Christians and put them in jail and put them in prison because his conscience was working on him. And, and the, the thing that you, your conscience convicts you about, oftentimes we will persecute that thing. We will go after that thing because our conscience wants to attack the thing that God's convicting us about. Paul was putting Christians in prison. But at the end... Paul, if you read all through the epistles, especially in Philippians, some in Corinthians, a little bit in Colossians, he says, look, I am so sorry for what I've done, and I am so grateful for the grace of God. And he would say things like this. Now, remember Paul, that Paul became the apostle of apostles. He was the teacher of teachers. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. You read his words every time you open the Bible. When you read them, I, I want you to remember these words. When he says, I don't even deserve to be called an apostle. I'm so grateful for the real apostles, for Peter, Matthew, and James, who's still back in Jerusalem, because they're the ones who paved the way for me. I'm so grateful for them. So while the name of Paul is being lifted up in the world and the Antioch church begins to explode, he's still giving the glory to Jesus and appreciating the people in the home church who got him to where he is. And he says, and my conscience is clear before God. And my conscience couldn't be clear before God if it wasn't for the wonderful grace of God. I'm so thankful for the grace of God. Where would I be without the grace of God? Have you ever prayed that? Have you ever felt that? And so, security and insecurity, if you're positioned in gratefulness, you don't have to be insecure. Gratefulness is the key to everything. Doesn't matter what anybody says about me. Because if you attack me and you say something about me, my gratefulness kicks in. 
whatever they think about me. Lord Jesus, I'm grateful. I'm more confident in what God has done for me than I am insecure about what you say about me. So Jesus, I'm thankful for what you've done in my life. They have no idea what what my path has been paved with, what stones are on the path of my journey. They don't know me. They don't understand me. They just judge me from the outside. And if I got caught up in their drama, then all my whole life would be about their drama. The only drama I need is the conviction of the Holy Spirit, getting getting after my business when I'm not grateful enough. Lord Jesus, let me be grateful. I'm more confident in God in what he is doing through me what he's doing in me. I'm more confident in in the power of my gratefulness than I am in the power or the strength of my own physical body or my intellect. So it it doesn't really matter what happens in life. I'm telling you, the gratefulness is the cornerstone of our Christian experience, number one. Now, I understand that that Jesus is the cornerstone. Well, if Jesus is the cornerstone of my faith, then gratefulness is the cornerstone of how I experience faith. You see, because what happens here is that gratefulness is the prerequisite. It's not the result of being blessed. It's the prerequisite to being blessed so that you can understand blessing. I have met many people, many Christians who are not grateful. They know God. They love God. They've been in church their whole life, but they don't grow. They don't get established. They don't get rooted. They never get built up. They just live the same way. They think the same things. They go after the same things. Life just comes to a screeching halt, and they stay there until the end. And I'll tell you why. It's because they don't understand how to be grateful to God for what he's done. Because when you tap into the blood of Jesus that pours from Calvary, and you experience what that does to you, you cannot help but be grateful and you will change and you will grow and you will be built up and you will be established. It's gratefulness is the position that we take regardless of what is happening. Number two, gratefulness is a guard. Now I want you to look at this verse. This is chapter four of Colossians verse, verse 12. And Paul is writing to the, to the Colossians and he says, look, there are three things that you have to do in life. If you're going to make it through this, this life and get to the end and do it right here, here you go. Listen to me. He says, you've got to devote yourself to prayer, watchfulness, and thankfulness. I, I really believe this is, this is interesting because he puts watchfulness and prayerfulness on the same level as thankfulness. Or I should say it this way. He, he puts thankfulness on the same level as prayer. And he puts thankfulness at the same level of watchfulness. Let me me show you how this works. He he says prayer, watchfulness, and thankfulness. Prayer, because you have to to include God in whatever you're doing. Like when when did we as Christians get into the habit of, of not including God into our daily decisions? Why, Why is that normal? Why do we live that way? When I was a young man and I was super on fire for God, I didn't have a lot of wisdom, right? I would just do things 
and not even think about the consequences because I knew that, that God says that's a good thing to do, so let's do it now, let's do it fast, don't worry about anybody else, don't worry about their emotions, I don't care if it's wise or not, let's just do it. And then my pastors would sit down and say, do you think that that was a wise thing to do? And I would say, but does that bring revival, pastor? Do you think that you should have said that to them? Do you think you should have just called them on all their sin in front of everybody else? But the Bible says confess. No, they're the ones that confess the sin. You don't do it for them. I would just do things. So I want to include God in all of my decisions and how I live my life. I need to be prayerful. And if we want to live an exclusively unsupernatural life, just exclude God from your daily decisions. If you want to live a non-supernatural life, easy. Then don't include God on anything that you do. That's why Paul says, no, listen to me. You've got to pray. Paul is the guy who changed his entire journey because while in prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, don't go to Asia, go down here. He, he changed entire directions of his ministry because the Holy Spirit was speaking to him and Paul was in a relationship. So he says, prayerfulness is a really big deal. Prayer can change your whole life. And then he says, you watchfulness. Well, you've got to be watchful because the enemy will come in. And what the enemy will do is if you're not prayerful and you're not watchful, the enemy will come in and he will use strategies against you. You've got to watch out for the enemy's strategies. You've got to be aware of what it is that is your stumbling block or your weakness or your insecurity because I promise you the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to get a hold of that thing and use it against you. Now, if you're praying, I'll help you with that. You've got to be watchful of what's happening. And then he goes, then he says, and you've got to be thankful. Well, why does thankfulness get to be on the same level as prayer or on the same level of, of watchfulness of the enemy? Because thankfulness is the guard. I want you to think of it like this. Thankfulness is the guard to the gate of emotions in your heart. Thankfulness changes how we respond to everything. See, thankfulness in your heart is like a smoke detector in your house. I don't know if, hopefully everyone has smoke detectors, but there has been an evolution of smoke detectors in the last 20 years. Smoke detectors just used to beep. But now smoke detectors, they lecture you. If you have a new house being built, you just, you just wait. A couple of you people, you just wait. They'll put a smoke detector in and it will say, your house is filling with carbon dioxide, dummy. <laughs> your house will say, everyone wake up, jump out of a window, don't forget your dog. I, I, I kid you not, my smoke detectors go on these long rants when, when they go off, right? Could you imagine? Now I want you to picture this. A smoke detector detects, it alerts on something that is causing damage on the inside. Your conscience and the Holy Spirit is, is inside of you and it's, and it's detecting something. When it goes off and it's saying to you, you better take care of it before it does more damage. You, I, there's a little bit of smoke in the air and it's kind of a bad attitude and I sense some unforgiveness and if you're not careful, you're going to lash out on that person from something in you that's not necessarily godly. So it becomes a guard. It guards you from yourself and it guards you from injuring other people. 
Because every time that we don't respond from a place of gratitude, our little alarm in our heart begins to go off. Let me, let me say it like this. Let me put it this way. My heart, let me, let me, let me, let me say it like this. A youth pastor for 18 years. Can I tell you how many young people came to me and said, at like 16, Pastor Doug, I love her. She's the one for me. And you know what I want to say, right? I want to say, you're not even through puberty yet. And it is messing with your mind. You don't know what love is at 15. Oh, but I think I'm going to marry her. I'm going to be with her the rest of my life. No, you're going to be with her until the end of your senior year. But Pastor Doug, how, how do you know? I know it in my heart. I can't tell you how many of them have said, I know it in my heart. Now, I shouldn't have used this line. But after a while, it was so fun, I couldn't stop myself. They would say, I know it in my heart. I said, do you know what the Bible says about your heart? The Bible says that the heart is wicked and evil above all things, and it lies to you. Your heart is a liar. You are being lied to. The, the heart, we have got to have a guard. See, your, your heart is like that nice lady at the Broncos game today that's going to go through your purse to make sure that there's nothing in there that can cause injury to somebody else. See, some of you are like a loose cannon. Now, I hope you're okay. I got, I've got like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. I hope you're okay because, yes, I, I am going to go there. Listen, some of you are like a loose cannon. And you have said so many things that you should not say. And when you get frustrated and you get anger, you lash out at this person. You, and you use excuses like, I'm tired of just of not saying it the way that it is. Or, okay, well, you can say it the way that it is without causing injury to someone else. Your smoke alarm is going off. I'm checking. Your heart is the guard to the emotions that come out of you. So you need to be prayerful, you need to be watchful, but you need a guard. And here's how it works. When someone says something to you that gets you all riled up, we have all of these anger management things, you know, that we, we can learn about. And I believe in that. I've, I've actually, you know, I, I have, we have counselors in our building. I refer people to anger management all the time. All the time. You need to learn how. But here's a very scriptural way that you can fix your anger problem. When you get angry... Go make a list of every single thing in your life that you are grateful for and read it out loud. Let your mouth speak it. Let your ears hear it and let it go into your heart because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you got to speak it so you can hear it so that it goes in, so that it goes out. And I'm telling you that if you will read about 75 things that you're thankful for, all of your anger will just pale in comparison with the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary, just being real here, and came down and died for you. And all of a sudden, wow, but Lord, I'm so insecure. You know, here's the, here's the key to insecurity. It's gratefulness. Do you know why? When you get insecure about who you are, this is, how, this is what you should say to yourself. If Jesus died for me, I must be special. If Jesus went to the cross for me, I must be special. 
And if I'm special to God, it, does, it doesn't matter what you think of me or even what I think of myself. It doesn't matter what I think of myself. I'm telling you, every person in this room has dealt with insecurity. And I want to be honest. It, it does matter that it doesn't matter what you think of yourself. What I'm saying is, is that when you become grateful for what God has done, what comes out of the grave in resurrection security will overshadow anything that is coming out of your heart in personal human insecurity. You need to remember that if God died for you, you should be grateful that he died for you. I'm so thankful that you died for me and your insecurity transitions into gratefulness and you begin to see yourself through different eyes. Hey, if God died for me, come on somebody, I must be somebody special. And I'm so grateful that you did. See, gratefulness changes everything, but great gratefulness is a guard. And it sits at the gate of your heart and it manages your emotions. It's the key. When you're frustrated, be grateful. And I had, I had a friend of mine years ago. He was a great teacher, great pastor. He was the president of a Bible college in Oregon called Multnomah. Multnomah Bible College, Multnomah Press. Many of you have probably purchased books from Multnomah Press. This man, his name was Joe Aldrich, very famous, ultimately left the earth, battled with Parkinson's for maybe 10 years. One time I had a, I had a coffee with him at Starbucks, and in his Bible, he had a note card that had been there for years, years and years. And I saw it in his Bible. He pulls it out and says, hey, what is that? And on the note card, he had about 200 names written on, on that card. I said, why do you have all those names written on that card in your Bible? Because it's obviously been there for a long time. It was kind of beat up. He goes, every single day, and he did this every day, he read every name. And he said, Lord, there's two things. Number one, I just always want to remember that if I ever mess up my life, these are the people that my, my mess ups are going to impact my family, my kids, my children, my grandchildren, my leaders, all of the disciples that I have, all the people who have read every book that I've ever written. Every So God, I'm, I'm looking at this and let this bring me strength because these, these are the people that look to me and I don't want to let them down. So in Jesus, and then he said, number two, he goes, I, and I say their names and I'm thankful for every single one of them. He says, I remind myself every day 200 by times 200, I remind myself every day of what it is that I'm thankful for. And he was one of the most humble men that I have ever met in my life. Because gratefulness makes you humble. Gratefulness keeps you pliable. Gratefulness allows you to respond in ways where you respond through God, the way he would want you to respond. Gratefulness keeps you in contact with the Father because you're constantly telling him how, how grateful you are. Gratefulness, gratefulness is the guard to our heart and it sits at the gate and says, look, he says, I'm not gonna let that attitude get in. You're gonna be grateful, right? Yeah, grateful. And, and no, you can't say that to them. Are you great? You need to be more grateful or you wouldn't talk to them that way. Are you, are you grateful? 
I'm grateful for everything I have in my life. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my church. I'm grateful for every one of you. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And if I ever lose touch with true godly gratefulness and thanksgiving, then we will begin to stagnate. We won't grow. We won't be built up because we won't understand the power of gratefulness. Let me give you the last one and we'll be done. Gratefulness is also, is the thing that carries us through difficult times. If gratefulness is a position and not, and not an emotion, then we respond to our circumstances from a position. And the position is a position of strength. It's never a position of weakness. It doesn't matter if you are sick in your body. It doesn't matter if you're having a bad day. You are always responding from a position of thankfulness, which puts you in the position of strength. So that no matter what happens, Jesus is still in the middle of your circumstance or your storm. Has anyone in the room ever been in a storm? Last night, I was in a storm. I woke up in the morning, not exaggerating. I put, I put on shorts, a t-shirt, and tennis shoes, and it was like nice out. It was like sunny out. I was enjoying the Colorado weather, the blue sky against the snowy peaks. It was amazing, but I forgot something about Colorado weather. <laughs> it can be blue sky in, at noon, and by 12.01, you're fighting for your life in the middle of a <laughs> of, of snowpocalypse. By five o'clock at my house, I was in the middle of a storm that I did not expect. I'm driving around. I'm driving around town. I'm, I've got stuff to do. I've got to pick up my son in a friend's house. I've got to go to the store. And I'm in the middle of this, this, this incredible storm. Some of those storms, you don't expect to be in a storm. A circumstance, a place of pain, a place of confusion. You know what the thing, I, you know what the thing is that, that I think storms do the most? And I've thought about this. I think that storms bring confusion. Because last night, it was snowing so hard, sideways, winds blowing. I can't see anything. I have no idea what road I'm supposed to turn on to pick up my son. But then I remember that I have a thing called GPS, right? Thankfulness is the GPS in your storm because it refocuses you on the thing that will get you to where you need to go on the other side of your storm. God is, God is famous for pe getting people to the other side of a storm. But I forgot I had a phone. I was so confused. I forgot I had a phone. What you have to do is you have to not allow the fact that you're in a storm to allow you to get you into a place to where you deny the presence of God. The presence of God is with you in your storm. Now, we can't talk this morning about why do good things or bad things happen to good people. That, that's not the point this morning. But listen to me. It is hard to remember that God is in the middle of your storm. When things get confusing. Because you, you're going through things that you don't understand. 
And let me get right to the end. Here's the, here's the point. Did you know that gratefulness and thankfulness might be the most anointed, supernatural, God-given testimony that any Christian can have? That's why Paul said, I call it a joy to suffer. Who wants to suffer? And who would put joy and suffering in the same boat? Who would put thanksgiving and prayer in the same line? You see, what happens is, is that if you're grateful, then people will look at you and they will see something different about you because you will handle yourself with a grace that it is difficult to handle when you do not have God flowing through your life. Thankfulness is the light that shines in the darkness of the storm. I've known people who are sick. I've known people who lose houses from fire. I've known people who have lost loved ones in the family. And the grace of God, the thankfulness of God that they display changed me. Changed me. We had a, we had a wonderful woman named Linda. Linda Edmondson, and I, I preached about her about five years ago, but Linda was an intercessor in our life. Linda was a, a woman who came to us her kids were in our youth ministry. Kids were going through some stuff and we worked with them for years. And she came to us one day and she said, Pastors Doug and Donna, she said, I want to be your personal intercessor. And we said, Linda, that would be amazing. Thank you so much because we, we know you understand prayer. This is real for you. I know that I can be honest with you. I also know that you're gonna cover my stuff and you're not gonna share it all over the internet, right? So if, I, if you're gonna pray for me, I gotta be able to come to you and say, I'm really upset right now. And I don't need you to like email all the other intercessors. Pray for Doug. He's gone rogue. <laughs> I trust you. She was one of the most grateful women I've ever known in my life. You know, she came down with cancer. She battled cancer for five years. She, she used to come to me and she'd give me these little notes, these little prophetic words. And she'd stick them in my Bible or on my desk at the office or whatever, just so I would find them and be encouraged. And she would always say to me, she'd say, Pastor Doug, I am so grateful. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. And she would say it while her body was failing. I'm so thankful for what God is gonna do in the lives of my children. And I don't see it right now, but I'm grateful and I'm thankful because I know that God's gonna be faithful to his promise. So whether I'm here or I'm in heaven, I know that my children are in good hands. I'm so grateful that my children are in good hands. I'm so grateful that we got to be friends with you. I'm so thankful. And here she, and every day, her body began to fail every day. And then one day we get a phone call and she asked us to, to come by. She said, come by this week. You need to come by. I, I, my body's failing and I, I want to see you. Well, between the time that we got the phone call and the time that we got there, she had stopped talking. It took us, we didn't realize how close she was to the end. And uh, she, she had stopped talking. She, she couldn't react anymore to the family. She just sat there and uh, started her transition. So about a day and a half went by. We, we get to the house. And we realize, wow, she hasn't said anything for two days. And my wife just sits next to her bed. And my wife begins to sing songs of praise and songs of thankfulness to God over her, just right there, just grabs her hand and just begins to sing thankfulness and worship over, over her. She just laid there and she, she was transitioning. She hadn't moved in a, in a day and a half, hadn't said a word. 
And then out of nowhere, her hands lift. And she puts her head up and she just sits in, in this position. And within just a few hours, she passed. But my wife and I, the last time that we saw her, this was her position. Because gratefulness is not an emotion, it's a position. It doesn't matter what comes my way. It doesn't matter what they have to say about me. It doesn't matter what happens in my body or how I feel. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13 to give him a sacrifice of praise. That means that sometimes praise is a sacrifice. You hear what I'm saying? Because when you don't feel like it, we're still going to praise him. We're still going to lift our hands because I'm in a position in my heart. I know who God is. I know what God's done. And someday we will all be in heaven. But if we can find a way to position ourselves, it will impact every person who comes in your house and out of your house, that comes by your life, walks out of your life, comes into your family, walks by your family, comes into our church, it makes no difference. My position is a position of praise and gratefulness. And this is my memory of Linda. Like this. Now I want you, as I close, I want you to stand to your feet quickly and I want to pray for you. I want you to hear me this morning. Some of you here this morning, thankfulness needs to come and transform your heart. Thankfulness need, wants to do its work, its full work inside of you. Please stand to your feet. Bow your heads with me, if you wouldn't mind, just for a moment. Bow your heads and close your eyes. This morning, there are some people here that are struggling. Bitterness, anger, frustration. Some of you here are so bound up inside of you. The Lord wants to set you free from some of those things that have you bound and it doesn't start with you knowing what your sin is. It, it starts with you understanding the gratefulness for what God has done. We are grateful. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you loved me in spite of me. Thank you, Jesus, that you told me that you had a plan for me when I didn't have a plan for myself. Thank you, Jesus, that when I was alone, I wasn't really alone. I was just in a place to find you and to learn to hear you. Thank you, Jesus, for my family, for my children, for my friends, for my, my team. Thank you, Jesus. Heads bowed and eyes closed. And some of you here, you have never you have never prayed to receive Christ in your life. You've never had that, that thing inside of you be transformed into a, a factory of gratefulness in your heart because you, in your own conscience, you've been struggling with Jesus and who God is. If you're here this morning, heads bowed and eyes closed. Listen, if you need to receive Christ, if you need to rededicate your life to Christ, if you're here and you're struggling with frustration or bitterness or anger or unforgiveness, the key is not to rehearse the situation. The key is to tap in to the gratefulness of God in your life. Listen, when I count the three, lift your hands if you want any of those prayers. One, two, three. If that's you, please lift your hands. Let, let's get rid of some of this stuff today. Let's get free from some of this. Thank you. There's hands across the room. Jesus, this morning, I thank Thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful for you, Lord.
Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful through the good times, through the bad times. And when I, am, when I feel dead inside or when I'm on the top of the world, I know that you remain the same. Father, I'm grateful today. And I pray for every person here that has their hands lifted or those that did not lift their head. I pray because I know you're working in their heart. And I'm thankful for what you're doing, Jesus, inside of them right now. Father, I pray you bless them and strengthen them and fill them with the presence and the knowledge of God. Help them to know what you've done and who you are in their life. Church, pray this with me right now as we wrap it up. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for the cross and the resurrection and the promises. And Lord Jesus, help me to learn how to walk with you. Help me, Father, open my eyes. Let me know that I can be grateful in all things, at all times. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me for my sin and filling my life with the presence of God. In Jesus' name. Now, if there are some grateful, thankful people in the church, you need to clap and shout and tell Jesus that you love him this morning. God bless you. Let's sing this song.